Yo, 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 what's going on with y'all? It's your boy Convo and Marlo. You know what I'm saying? Today I got a special guest with me here today. Who do I have with me here today? Hi, my name is Omatayo. Okay, okay. <laughs> first things first, I want to ask you like I ask everybody else. How are you feeling? What's going on? Uh, I'm doing good. The day's pretty pretty nice. Mm -hmm. yeah, I can't complain. You know? Okay, okay. <laughs> so far, it's Thursday. The week's almost over. How's your week been? It's Has been, it been busy? It's been busy. You know, I've had a, a lot of things I've had to do this week, and I'm traveling tomorrow. So, mm. yeah. Where, where are you going? I'm going to Calgary. I'm meeting um, with my agent and a casting director for mm -hmm. just some like work, and we're going to be talking about to see what what what's in the works and what what could happen. So I'm okay, really excited about okay. that. Okay, okay. Are are you are you flying there? Are you driving? We're driving. Um, You're driving. Me and my mom. Yeah, we're gonna take a little trip, drive together, stay the night, and then couple like three days, stay over mm -hmm. and see what happens. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like. So for right now, does it seem like there's just more going on for you in Calgary than it is in E-Town? Or is it just, uh, it just really depends? I think it really depends because to be honest, like there's not a lot of stuff going on in Calgary. But like recently there's been like movies filming there and like shows filming there mm. that because of like the way that everything looks, you know, they have a lot more trees than us and a lot more, um, I think it's hills. That's yeah. why they like sync up with a... Uh, whenever they have a flood mm. but yeah they have a lot more good scenery so that's why a lot of things are filming there right now oh, okay but okay. normally it's like vancouver vancouver is like the canadian is the hot spot yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay okay so before i dive into those type of questions which mm -hmm. is coming up later i want to ask you how how you feeling first time on on the podcast on uh, combo with marlo i'm feeling pretty good you know like like you said it's it's easing into it oh trust me yeah. within maybe three four minutes or who knows 10 you'll be fine mm -hmm. everyone always starts off hands sweaty back sweaty yeah. all that type of stuff but i promise you it'll be all good yeah is it is it what you expected so far is yeah it? i mean it's like it's cool like it's a natural like chill convo a chill space and i was expecting that i think i was just nervous for i don't know just being in a place where i had to talk you know? mm. yeah. i'm not gonna lie a lot of people always hit me with um they you know fresh and fits fresh fits oh the guy who on tick the guys who are always talking yeah. down on women and stuff yeah. a lot of people always think my my podcast, podcast is, is like, like that, that no. you know yeah. and i always gotta let them know i promise you it's nothing like that that's why people are so skeptical to come yeah. on sometimes no that that podcast is insane yeah i couldn't <sighs> every time every time i i listen to whatever video they have yeah. it's like it's toxic yeah. i i hear it i'm like who hurt you? I know. You know what I'm saying? Who did whatever they that did to you? That one guy who's like balding or whatever. Like he's the, one, he's the one who I'm like, I'm like, what's wrong with him? Like he's actually crazy. Mm. I think there was a recent one that he did where someone was like, this is like complete BS. Like you should stop talking. This is rude, degrading. Like it's not even making sense anymore. I think it was another man, an mm. older man. He was like in his 60s or whatever, came on the podcast, like a psychologist and said that. And I thought that that was quite nice. Yeah. Now for, for me, the, the weirdest thing this guy's ever said I swear, this guy just be coming up with shit just for attention now. Yeah. He was like, if your girl has Instagram, it's cheating. Yeah, and I saw that. I saw I'm that. I'm like, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm looking at the comments. I don't know if other, other people are trolling or mm -hmm. being serious. They're like, dead ass. If your girl has IG, she's cheating. What, mm -hmm. what type of validation is she mm -hmm. looking for? Mm -hmm. If your girl has this, has that, she's cheating. Yeah. Like, yo, tell me you're single without telling me you're single. Yeah. No, I think it's like, honestly like maybe insecurities because even mm. like everything he does and the people he brings on because like some of the girls he brings on sometimes they say certain things that it's like why would you say that you know like, are you're dumb like, yeah you're dumb. it's kind of making us all look bad because we all don't think like that and mm. then he'll like 
you know, reach and start using those things and then like go off and be like, yeah, like, you know, you're saying this and I can use that in my nest podcast. And mm. like, she said this and, you know, I don't know. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. The, the one, like one more thing I really don't mess with when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Every day, these niggas are using big words I've never heard of. <laughs> they, they come, they come on, they say a word that has 13 letters mm-hmm. in it. Never heard a day in my life. And I feel like they use big words to sound like they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, even when they had... What's that woman? The woman who... She came on... I don't know her name. She's, like, the influencer. But she's, like, uh, really pretty. Is she black? Brittany. Brittany. Bundle of Brittany? Is that her name? Is that... The one who had, a, like, Brittany. child for the... Oh, with the ball player. The ball player. Bu- What's her it's name? It's either Bundle of Brit. It's Brittany. Brittany. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, when he had her on, and then she was like, what makes you feel good about like tearing down women mm-hmm. and it's like that doesn't make you look good it makes you look worse mm-hmm. and like no one wants to be with you if you're like this type of man like get out of here you know what i mean nah but like long story short i always gotta let when people ask me what my podcast is, like literally when when people come up to me mm-hmm. like sometimes when i go out in public people are, oh yo i fuck with your podcast you know they showing me love i show them love back yeah. someone to come around the corner and say hey you do a podcast and they're already like so why do you hate women? Yeah. You know? I'm yeah. like, trust me, it's nothing like that. Yeah. You know? No, that's good. So now I want to start start asking you, why why are you here? Why, what made you decide to want to come on the podcast? Um, I really wanted to come on the podcast to talk about, like, the film industry, but mm. also the film industry with black girls, specifically dark-skinned girls, as well as, like, light-skinned girls, too. But um, basically the systematic colorism going on, especially when it comes to booking roles and going out for roles and who gets casted in the show, they normally pick the light-skinned girl. And even though the role is, like, in the hood, trenches, mm. she's a drug addict, they'll pick some light-skinned girl, usually. You know, and then even though it's like, okay, as stereotypical as it is, you'd be like, well, I'd see someone who looks like as the skin tone as Lupita or Viola, but they'll pick someone who looks like Zendaya or mm. um, Amanda Slandler. I don't know if I said her name right, by the way, but yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to come in and talk about that a little bit, as okay. well as my own journey. But yeah. Okay, okay. So why why do you think it, it's, it's like that? You think it's because the this type of look is more presentable to the crowd mm-hmm. you think more people are looking for that type of look what what do you think really really um, gives off when it comes to that i think it's like this like idea like even like being fair-skinned they just assume like it's more appealing to the eye and they pick someone who is more i guess closer to white because it's like okay we're we're, we're including people we're having that token black person and we're showing them that we're you know black lives matter but still the person isn't like it doesn't include everyone you know i'd like to look at a show and see someone who looks like me Mm. but no they're picking someone who is just just okay just enough for them to be like we've we've checked mark this box to like let the black people be okay or asian people whoever else hispanic you know they check off that box so they don't have those issues anymore Mm. yeah sheesh yeah because um that's that's low-key kind of that's that's true because mm-hmm. there'd, there'd be some like my girl and i there'd be certain movies that we'd watch mm-hmm. and i'd look at a character exactly what you was talking about how they'd be in the hood in the trenches mm-hmm. i'm like why is this light skin you know what i'm saying yeah. just things that you wouldn't really that doesn't really fit the yeah fit, like, fit what's going on exactly you, you know? know like even like recently you'll watch a show like especially like older things right mm. you have to really look and you're like 
I don't see any black people in this. <laughs> I was watching a movie and I was looking at like the like extras walking away. All I saw were like white skin tones, which is fine. Like, you know, like, of course, like during that time of those like early 90s and everything like that, I can count like who I saw and who was like the token black person. I think Gabrielle Union was in every 2000s mm, movie. Yeah. As like early the, 2000s. Yeah. She yep. was like the black girl best friend in every one. You know, she was in Bring It On. She was in Clue. Mm, no, no, she wasn't in Clueless. She was in a. Uh, 10 things I hate about you and like mm. all these other things. And they, they pick one person, but you have to really think about on set, like behind the scenes, there's only one person that's black on set. Like think of how uncomfortable that is. Mm. And you know, they don't bring enough black people in the, you know, in the ensemble of like, who's the creative team, the directors and everything like that all you see are white people. I feel like when it comes to that, the director or whoever's the one that picks the people that get to be on, if they have just one dark-skinned person on that's their version of racial diversity yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying whatever group they have as long as they have that one black person it's good enough they don't need any more yeah you know what i'm saying which is crazy because even to this day you still kind of see that here and there yeah like even um like euphoria right we have zendaya mm. we have some other people like hunter schaefer like but then you're looking at the cast and you're like there are no like black people like or asian people or um, the only Spanish person is Alexa Demi and that's it. And then the rest are just white. Mm. And so people were like, oh, okay, like, you know, maybe like someone can do something. And then you look at who is the, you know, has more uh, hands on what what can happen. And there's Drake, who's an executive producer. And then mm. there's Zendaya, who's also an executive producer, who has a say in who can get casted. And, and, and though it's not like a big say, being an executive producer isn't much, but you still have a say in what goes down. So mm. she could be like, hey, I want to see someone who looks like me. I want to see someone who looks like a sister or a cousin. And they mm. could bring someone on, like the sister, not the sister, but the mom is a little bit more brown skin. And so they could even easily be like, oh, the sister has a sister who has a daughter and then bring that show like it's easy to write characters in so the fact that they don't just says a lot and the fact that zendaya is not doing anything and she constantly talks about how like i know how people see me you know they compare me to serena and they compare me to you know megan the stallion and i can see the like the differences between us you know zendaya gets called that she's you know a princess beauty like and then serena and uh meg are called gorillas and mm. you know like men manly when they aren't you know um this was like two years ago. I remember exactly the the woman the woman you was talking about earlier, uh, Brittany. Mm -hmm. Brittany Brittany was interviewing Meg. Okay. Um, they, this was at Coachella like two years ago. There, it was okay. some big music event. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying that was going on. Brittany was interviewing Meg. Yo, the comments was going crazy. Really? Meg looks like a nigga. Oh, Meg next to Brittany. Brittany's the the woman that you would want. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because I'm like. Yo, even in this day and age, we're still talking like this. I know. You know, and it's always like, not going to lie, the guys that look like me are the ones that are saying those wicked things. I know. And it's like, come on, you have a mom that probably looks like Meg. Exactly, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then for you to talk like that, like, what's going on? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy because they're okay when she's shaking ass, but when she's doing <laughs> anything else, there's a problem, which mm. is really sad. Because I, I think that she's a beautiful, and even the, the comments about, oh, I think that she's transgender or like that. Um, wow. And it's not true. And it's not true because she uh, she was born a woman. She is a full woman. But these things came out because people wanted to like just tear her down continuously, consistently. And they still do, you know, even with all the stuff going on with her now. But mm -hmm. anything to tear down a black woman, a dark skinned black woman, you know, mm. they'll take a shot at. So. Okay. So to you, what does it mean to be black? Huh. 
know. I never actually have. Like for me, okay, let me let me throw out. Maybe you might get be able to get some. Okay. For me, is to be able to overcome crazy obstacles that people of no color like to throw at us. Mm-hmm. You know, like example, if you and I walked into a store, a predominantly white store, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You already know whatever they're doing, they stop what they're doing to look at us. Yeah. You know, f- for you to be able to ignore it, go the other way and just do what, whatever you got to do, you know what I'm saying? Not giving it attention. Yeah. That's kind of, that kind of fits it for me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Also, just being able to show who you are, be who you are, no matter what type of environment you're in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just being you at all times type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. You know, even when it's not cool. Because when I, when I first came here, black was not the thing you wanted to be. No. <laughs> or like, it was not the cool thing to be. You always got this for it. Yeah. But like as we got older, all of a sudden it became the cool thing. Everybody wanted to be, especially when BLM came out. I know. Yo, everybody, the, like, um, everybody was on that called? wave. Like the posting of the black screen, the black screen, mm-hmm. and like putting yourself out there, making it like the what is it called? Where you post about the like Black Lives Matter, but you really don't care. You're only doing it so that people are like, oh, you you care, or like, just show that you care, yeah, mm-hmm. to show it, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And even like the influencers posting about it, like taking a picture in front of like the George Floyd. Way to like graffiti and being like it's not over until we all stand together and then like walking away and being like uh, i'm not actually protesting you know what i mean mm-hmm. things like that are crazy but um to answer your question about what i think it means to be black i i agree with what you're saying i i think i also relate to that mm. as well as like making sure that you know i don't let the racism get to me because mm-hmm. there are days where it does and i could be like you know like you know, this just sucks. You know, things suck because it's like, I know that if I was blonde with blue eyes and I was, you know, Caucasian, things would be a lot easier. You know, the system is catered to white people. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time they like, you know, try to tear us down. Like every day there's a reason to tear us down. I remember mm. even like the other day I was, um, like when school, right before school ended, I was walking to school and you know, I had my cornrows in the first time. And I don't usually do that. You know, I don't usually go to school with my cornrows. But I was like, you know what? Like, they look nice. You know, my mom did them. I laid mm. my edges. And I was walking. And this white woman with her dog, she was, like, staring at me as I, you know, mm. that, like, mm-hmm. where you can <laughs> yep. visibly see them looking at yep. you. And I was like, I was like, what, like, what is this? And I didn't even know what to say. I and they gra- stop what they're doing to yeah, look at you. to look at you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ew. And I was like, you know what, whatever. I put my hat on afterwards because I just felt like uncomfortable, which happened. Oh, it shot you down. Yeah, like, oh, it, yeah, it happens, wow. you know, where I was like, you know, whatever. But, yeah. Yeah, that's how, when I was, um, for this spot, this place that I work at currently, when I went in for the, uh, for the interview, they called me in for the interview because I guess my, my government sounds not black. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I went in, I, I didn't have a ponytail at the time to hold my hair back so okay. it was swinging like this mm-hmm. i walked in lily the lady did this the the lady that was interviewing me pretend she did this she looked at me she looked at me again and i know it was because of the hair yeah. you know maybe it was the skin maybe it was that but like i know the hair really caught her yeah. attention yeah. and it just sucks because it's like my mom would always tell me yo cut your hair people will stop looking at you different i'm like mom if i cut the hair it's the skin if mm-hmm. it's not the skin is this is that it's so you know? crazy that you say that my brothers also have dreads they have um they recent they got it like i think in 2015 2014 and oh it's probably long yeah it's long and so the conversation that my mom always has you know the, the people are always trying to start stuff and i was there i was like if anything you don't know who this person is you see a dark-skinned man and you're like oh he has dreads he wants to fight like he's mm-hmm. ready to get into it you know he, my brother will go to the gas station and someone will start talking to him funny and he'll be like like 
I didn't even do anything to you. Like, what is what's going on here? Mm. You know, and I think it's just because they see the dreads, they see the dark skin. They're like, you're a thug or you're a this mm-hmm. and I'm ready to handle you. But everyone, I just, I, I feel, I find it so funny how people aren't more scared of like white people. Mm-hmm. And the reason is in like history, white people are the people who've caused so much violence. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so crazy to me where it's like, I see white people's I cross the other street. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's like, I, I know that there could always be the possibility of something, you know, of being called a slur, especially when you look at someone and you're like, they might not like black people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's I'm all, not even going to lie. Me, like there could be a, a, like a group of white people that are thugs mm-hmm. i'm more afraid of the the ones in a, in a suit yes. you know what i'm saying because those are the ones that'll put you in jail monday mm-hmm. and go out like nothing happened tuesday yeah you know what i'm saying yeah um what type of microaggression have you ever dealt with like this is like i'm i'm, I'm gonna be getting into your acting stuff mm-hmm. a little bit later right now i just want to talk about your personal life okay you know what i'm saying what's what type of mic- microaggression type of stuff have you ran into because Okay, my bad. Go no, ahead. No, could ahead. you give me an example, actually? Okay, me? Okay, let me give you one for me. <laughs> yeah. For work, I drop off packages, like car parts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's this one spot that I go to. It's in Leduc. Okay. It's in Leduc. It's the Nissan spot work, you know? Every time I drop off the part, I run into the same guy. He's talking He's talking to, let's say his name is Bob. Mm-hmm. Professional. Yes, I want you to know that I'm going to have this by 6.30 tonight. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. As soon as I come... What's going on, homie? Yo, uh, I, I don't know you from nowhere. Yeah, Who's your homie? Yeah. The first time he said homie, I let it slide because mm-hmm. like, whatever. The second time he said homie, I looked him in the eye. Marcus. It's Marcus. Mm-hmm. There's no homie here. Mm-hmm. If you're going to call me homie, call him homie too. Call yeah. the white guy homie. I don't like that. Yeah. You know? So that's that's kind of the things I run into. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I think with homie, I think like you know white girls will also call black girls sis and like ah. and you know that will also be very weird and and sometimes it's like even like the the slangs like they'll try to use slang like i'm very like like i'll i don't talk with like you know like hip so <laughs> when someone's like trying to like use slang with me i'm like what are you like you know talking about or like what are you like trying to say and sometimes like i'm i'm late to the game so i'll be like uh yeah you know like and so a lot of the time I feel like I, I feel so out of place because they'll try to use like slangs that like they've heard black people say or like things like that and they'll try to use it with like me or you know other black girls and then like it'll just be like a like lost in translation because mm-hmm. like it's like what you, and even then like why would I do that with you of all people you know what I mean like and you don't like know me I think um I've also faced those things yeah yeah, I'm trying to really think about what, it. What I hate about that is when you don't give them the response they want, they look at you like you're the weird one. Yeah. Like, why aren't you indulging the conversation with me the way I want you to? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. There's just a lot of things I see, hear, go with, like, face. I'm just like, come on. We're, we're too old to be acting like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, What are some of the ways you feel like to overcome it? Like, let's say, like... I know you didn't really give, or you did give an example, but like that, what you just talked about, what's one way to overcome it? Like ignore it, possibly telling them, yo, I don't, I don't like the way you're talking to me. I mean, a lot of the time, I feel like I do call out when people like be acting weird. I definitely say something, especially when I see it. I think it's, it's, it's different when it's like with other people. I don't think I do it enough for myself, but I usually call it out. I'll say something. Oh, you always call it out? Yeah. Holy shit. Maybe not for myself, but for other people. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, why would you say that? Or like, why are you doing that? And 
I feel like they always feel uncomfortable when you once you do that and they, they feel out of place. And I feel like it kind of like switches the trajectory of what the conversation was going to go mm. or how it was going to go. Um, but sometimes, you know, I'll ignore it, especially when it comes to like, um, like going into a certain store and like how like people will act or talk to you. I think it's better to ignore it. Like, mm-hmm. like, um, like the other day I was at Sephora, right? Walked in like with a group of girls, like a group of like other girls, like white girls, Asian and the one girl came up to me first. She was like, what can I help you with? What is it that you need? I was like, no, 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 I'm good. None of the other girls were helped. Like they, it seemed like they didn't need any help at all. Like they didn't, they knew what they were coming in for, but I apparently didn't. So I was walking around and I knew what I was looking for. And I was like, it's usually here. It's not here. So I was like starting to like turn around. And then she was like, she was like, are you having trouble? Like, what's the problem? And I was, I was like, no, I'm fine. Like I'm good. And so then I'm like, I carry a, quite a big bag and um, it just holds everything that I need, my laptop, everything like that. So I was holding like all these like like uh, these like products in my hand because I was like trying. They're really tiny too. They're the ordinary products. So I was holding them, and she comes in. She's like, "Do you need like something for those? Like you're not allowed to Yo, put those leave in your bag." Me alone. And then I was there. I was like, "No, no, no! Like I'm just like holding on to them." She's like, "Let me grab you a basket." Grabs me a basket. Then she starts like talking to me more, and I was like, "Actually, I'm okay." Like, I understand. Like, I know what I'm doing. And then that's when she finally, like, took the hint and walked away. But, yeah. I don't know. You have to, like, really say something. Because it's like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's other people in the store. A while ago, I'd say maybe, like, eight years ago, I was way younger. I remember my uh, my dad and I, we went to a store. Mm-hmm. Um, he was trying to buy me a tux, mm-hmm. right? And kind of how your story went, there was this guy. There was a group of people over there, but he followed my dad and I. Mm-hmm. We, we go over there. He goes over there. Mm-hmm. We go over here. He comes over here. Mm-hmm. So then it got to a point where my dad, like, he came up to my dad, like, yo, what are y'all looking for? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And I turned around. It was kind of aggressive. Like, if I need your help, I'll ask for mm-hmm. it. But I don't need it. And I remember I was like, yo, chill, chill. Don't talk to him like that. Because at the time, I'm like, yo, the guy's just doing his job. Yeah. Why are you giving him attitude? Mm-hmm. But now that I really think about it, I'm like, this guy really thought, like, we were stealing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy because it's like. No matter how you look like where you're from, long as you look have this, yeah. everyone thinks you're stealing. No, I agree. Like I think about like certain things that my mom used to do and I was always like 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 relax, like, you know what I mean? But I realize you have to have that kind of like a certainness. Like, you mm. know, you need to know what you're saying and how you're saying it. And you need to tell them like you can't like treat me like anyhow. Like you can't act mm-hmm. anyhow, talk to me anyhow, like I will cause like a scene here. Mm-hmm. And like I think it also like sets a like boundaries as well and, and it catches them off guard a lot of the time like my mom she used to do this and i was always like why are you doing that but when people would stare at her she would stare back <laughs> she was like she was like no one's bold enough to keep staring at you if you stare back at them mm-hmm. so now whenever i see like a white man staring at me i'll look at him straight dead in the oh, eyes you stay staring. yeah and then finally it's like no uh-huh. and like they don't want to stare at you anymore so mm. yeah i don't know that's a nice little trick wow <laughs> okay now now this is some of the things I really want to know. I want to get into your acting. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> first things first, when you say acting, me, um, I heard there's different types of oh, yeah. acting out there. Me, all I really know is just you go in, you perform, mm-hmm. or you audition, mm-hmm. and you just go on. They say, yeah, you're good. No, you're not good. Mm-hmm. I assume there's more to it. Yeah. Um, there's theater, there's film, and there's TV. There's mm-hmm. also commercial. Um, those are the four that I think are predominantly known um for most it's for like theater it's very different than film and tv i feel like i've done theater auditions where you go in and you know they'll have you do a whole bunch of different things which i guess is quite similar to film and tv but i've been doing a lot of self-tapes which is basically recording myself at home and taking the script and recording like 
filming with someone alongside me and recording and sending that in. Mm -hmm. Um, But before COVID, it was you go into the studio, they sit you down, you'll have like a camera kind of similar to this right here. And then um, the director sitting at a table being like, so read with me. Mm -hmm. And then they'll do it a couple times. If you don't do it well the first time or they just don't like it the first time, they'll just be like, okay, thank you for coming. And they'll ask you to leave. Wow. Yeah. Um, But if they do like it, they might be like, do it differently. That's why they say never get too... um, Sorry, um, stagnant and how you and how you act or prepare how you're going to act before you go in, because it's like once you prepare it, then you're not ready to like do something completely different and then mm. just improv it or whatever else that they need. Um, and so, yeah, there's theater where you go in. It's very similar to the film and TV audition. And they're just like on stage with you. Like it's like they're they're like directing with you and it's a mm. lot more fluid. But when you go into a film and TV audition, you're like it's absolutely rigid like you're scared you're nervous and i feel like it's just the way that they do do it and how the atmosphere is like i remember once meeting with a director and i like shook his hand to say like you know and this was way before covid by the way so um i shook his hand to say like oh my god goodbye he like looked at my hand <laughs> and he didn't shake it and it, yeah I, I don't know like he just like looked at it he was like mm, it's done wow. yeah and then sent me away and a lot of them are american too so there's a whole different like way that they act and I mean, not to say that Americans aren't nice, but yeah. Mm. Well, because um, what I what I've some of the ones I've seen like on YouTube is where, let's say, the first character's name Joel mm-hmm. and the second one's name Sarah. Mm-hmm. You're Joel. Um, Joel talks, and then the director, or whoever would be Sarah, mm-hmm. talk to you, and then you gotta act how Joel would act. Yeah. So yeah. would that be theater or is that all of them? It's, it's all of them. You'll uh. you'll get a script and um, you'll break down the script before going in. A lot of the time they're cold reads, which is basically you go. They don't give you the script until you get to where. No way. So you can't study. You can't study. Wow. Um, which, you know, I don't want to say like you shouldn't have to. Like you can. Um, but it takes a certain skill level to be, you know, ready right on time, you know, and not be the person who's like. I don't know what it is. I'm 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 not ready. And I think once you look at a script, you should be able to be like, okay, ABC, this is what my character wants, my objective. Like, this mm-hmm. is what I want from the scene or what I want from the, you know, um, my scene partner. Um, and this is what I'm feeling. And how I'm feeling is how I'm going to, I'm going to start thinking about how I'm feeling while I'm saying these lines so that it shows that I'm also thinking about what I'm saying. And before I say it, because nothing comes like right away, right? As yeah. we speak, you know, together, yes, I know what I'm going to say, but it, it doesn't come out right away. Wow. So yeah. Is um so I assume everything counts. So let's say like like I said, Joel and Sarah thing. Mm-hmm. You're you're Joel, but you're stuttering. You're mm-hmm. stuttering as you're reading your line. Maybe you're nervous or mm-hmm. your reading level isn't up there. Mm-hmm. Do they just give you a few more chances or they say, Oh, you gotta go. A this isn't of, for you. I feel like it all depends on who's like actually like the person, like the director. A lot of directors are quite cutthroat where it's like, how why aren't you why aren't you ready? You know, mm. but there are others who are like, take a second, like breathe, we're gonna start again and mm. then you're gonna do this like however it is you're gonna do this. But um I feel like I even like watching like a like I guess like X Factor or all these like singing shows, it's very similar to like Simon Cowell. You oh. Go ahead. Um very similar like, to like Simon Cowell how like someone will go and sing and if like he doesn't like it he'll either like cut it and you might have someone who's like next to him like Paula being like you know what actually like just go again like take a second and um, we can start over and it, it, it always varies who you'll mm. get so yeah I don't know it's 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 interesting be honest have you ever ran into a director or like a crew that's made you cry 
Have you yes. ever had like yes. like you've cried in front of them, or you wait till you get backstage or home where you people can't see you? Yeah, I, I waited till like I was off the like Zoom chat. Um, oh, it was online. Yeah, no way. And so it was uh, like I got a Zoom call back. I was like, okay. Yay. And then there was something about how, like, I didn't have enough emotion. I don't even know what, what was happening that day, but, like, we were doing the scene. Everything was fine. And then I was told, you don't have enough emotion. Damn. Like, the emotions aren't there. And I was there. I was like, okay. And then we ended the chat, and I just started crying, which is crazy to me because I was like, what do you mean I have no emotion? Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been told a lot of things, not always by directors. Um, I've had a coach. Um, not the one I'm with now, but someone who I left. He was this white man. I won't say his name, mm-hmm. but um, I was with him in a coaching session. He was teaching me and he had said that, you know, you look 30 like you're never going to. Yeah, yeah. He's an actor himself, by the Whoa. way. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you look 30. You're never going to book any high school roles because you look this age. I'm he all, said like to, to your my fa- face, to my Whoa. face. And I spoke to other actors about it. So so I he said this to me. He was like, you look 30. You sound 30. You sound old. Mm. No one's going to book you. You're never going to make any like you're not going to book any TV shows or any movies. I'm just letting you this and now. So he didn't say anything else. Usually, you know, when a teacher or, you know, someone, a director gives you a note, they're like, this is how you can fix it. This is how you can work on it. He didn't say anything. This guy didn't give he a didn't, fuck. He didn't give it. And so... Um, I was speaking to other actors. They're like, no, no, no. Anytime a teacher or coach says something like that with no direction, it's honestly coming from within. It's his mm-hmm. own insecurities, his own thing. He was an actor himself. He was in uh, Jennifer's Body with Megan Fox. He was in a couple other like movies himself. So, um, And it's crazy because like instantly and another actor who I was speaking to, she's also black. She was like, you know, like when they say stuff like that, like especially when you're a black girl, white men look at black girls as always older than they are. You know, Mm. they 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 make us look more mature. They they in their heads were like grown when we're really just young. And so never to take anything a white man says seriously, which I don't. But (laughs) yeah. uh, yeah. Wow. Where where does the passion for all this come from? Was it since you was young or did this recently hit you? Mm-hmm. Where 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 did it all come from? Uh, I started acting quite young, around age nine. I mm. really got into it. Um, I just couldn't do it right away because I didn't have my citizenship. Uh, I was born on a plane, so I didn't get my passport. On a plane? Yeah, on a plane. Where was the plane going? It was coming to Canada. It was coming from British. It was on British Airways. We were over water. My mom's water broke, and then there was a pediatrician who delivered me. I've always wondered that. Like, if you're born up in the sky, mm-hmm. does it, like, whichever border you're across, like, how does that work? They, it's, it took them some time to figure it out. They didn't know, um, so they had to talk to, because there was lawyers and everything. They had to talk to the pilot. They had to talk to the, you know, Air, airline everything like that like where exactly were you over wow. when she gave when she was giving birth um and we were over like water that connected to the british to british waters and also canadian water so they weren't sure so for about three no it's since i was baby so about like for about 12 years they didn't know and so i couldn't travel i couldn't do a lot of things because like without like actual citizenship you can't do anything mm-hmm. um and then finally they're like you know what like she landed in Canada. Let's just say that she's Canadian. And then I finally got... Um, it seems like they just want to avoid all the yeah, paperwork. It was a lot. They were like... It was like spending money back and forth. Everyone was spending money. So then um, I finally got a citizenship and I was able to pursue my acting a lot mm. more heavily. I, I mean, I told my mom and then we were able to get me into theater. I was always in drama. And then from there, it didn't... Like, it wasn't until I, I was 17 that I got my first like agent. Um, and then when I was 15 that I went with a modeling agency so, wow yeah. 
Wow, so so you like real deal? The I've agent been grinding. I've been grinding. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been trying to like you know get at it and you know book. And um, I recently just booked my first ever like movie. I just couldn't do no it. No way! Yeah, December fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was really cool. But yeah, have an agent who's in like Vancouver and Calgary. He goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. My first ever acting in like film and tv agent she dropped me um wow. i know <laughs> sorry look at me that's all good um it was i was with her for two years i met her after going to new york for this like um in um, college um i met this man named paul Webb. Actually, no, I that. I didn't
I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, you don't know old Princess and the Frog? Where I think this one of those, like a book or 
something of note at like when Peter speaks, I think that was like Kishim's in that, right? Mm-hmm. And like I was always like, oh, wait, of course, like obviously, you know, effects and, you know, a creative team and a physical uh, coordinator and everything that to make it like look real. But I was like, damn, like, you do that so hard. And, um, you know, watch it and you see this man who's like infatuated with the black girl. But you don't love her. She's just infatuated with how she looks. She's just, mm-hmm. you know, interesting. Like, she's so different. She's not what I've seen my entire life. Like, I want to, I want to get to know her, but I don't want to go too close. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and so things like that, I just can't watch close. Of course, like, you know, with acting, I've always said, you know, I'll do certain things, maybe not everything, but certain things. And I'll, like, see if, like, my morals are tested if I can, if I can, you know, go through with it all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, when it comes to what you do, have you been, what exactly you just said, have you been put in a position where you have to go against what you believe in? So, if so, like, what, what are you saying?
Um, Scarlett Johansson, I think, is another one who I like. She's been in a lot of um, like Marvel movies, but I feel like her acting like techniques are very good that she could be in so many other things. Um, someone who I also like uh, is Sebastian Stan, who's a male, um, who I think is also really good at you know creating a world where you're not able to you know detect that this is Sebastian Stan mm. at the end of it you know and like like just feeling exactly what that person's feeling and and getting into that character with them and being like mm. this is their world this is where I am social Ronan I'm so sorry I'm who so social no no social do Ronan think... I don't know if I said that correctly she was mm-hmm. in Little Women she was in Brooklyn she was in the host but each character that she plays is completely different that like she's able to embody them mm. you know and I, I feel like she's uh, also a very wonderful actor herself um with, with that like like what we was just talking um I like I like how you're saying that how earlier you can't really tell who they are like mm-hmm. there's some some people that you would watch and like oh yeah this is this guy yeah you know what i'm saying do you feel like do you feel like you might well to other people you might fall into that type of category or you make sure you stand mm-hmm. out i feel like i would completely make sure i stand out i feel like my personality is very reserved so whatever i do i would hope that it's completely you know bizarre that they're like oh whoa you know what i mean like be confused i would mm-hmm. i would rather confuse people than being like oh that's who she is you know what i mean um i don't know i really i hope not i hope i'm not the person where they're like oh that's omatayo you know what i mean because <laughs> then like your career doesn't go far it really mm. doesn't because then they don't pick you for a lot of things you know you think about all these big names and there's certain people who haven't been in anything for a really long time because they are who they are like Lindsay lohan you know what i mean oh, an amazing yeah. actress but i feel like even just her name alone it makes it hard to like put things out there because there's so many things linked to her yeah. as well um but she is a really great actress she was in all those early 2000 movies you know mm. that's someone who is like someone you'd like to watch she she does well there was a movie that she did with um, I don't know her name, but she was in Desperate Housewives. She uh, was a part of the scandal of the like college scandal where she paid money to get her children into college. Um, and I think that's the person acting as her mother. And it was just a great like show, like a movie. It was such a great movie, just what they did and how they did it. And it was, I think she was finally like over 18. So it was like a very like mature role and she acted it amazingly and it's like you didn't know that she was Lindsay lohan in this movie but with everything else you know people kind of, and it's very underrated not a lot of people know i don't remember the name but yeah mm. okay okay um so so you jumping in into this type of industry mm-hmm. right now like you've talked about a whole bunch of the bad things you ran into that that white guy that said those type of things to yeah. you. What are some of the memorable memorable moments? The things that you'll just never forget that you'll take to your grave? Um, I think uh, when there are moments where I've met like a lot of, you know, new people, people who make, you know, this this journey feel like okay, knowing that there's people who are experiencing it with me. Mm-hmm. Um memorable moments i don't know if i have any yet i think i've i've you know been able to interact with people who i i don't know if this is really like connected with acting there was an actress who i really loved growing up who this is so like 2022 but yeah she followed me on instagram and i felt really happy about that and 
now I like chat to her, which is no really way. cool. Yeah, like mm. I, it was a really old movie. It was like called uh, The Princess and the Pony. It's like old, and it was like a kids movie. But like mm. she was like what nine in it, and I remember watching that, and I was so obsessed with her. I was like, oh my god, this movie is so good. And she mm. played the mean girl, and I don't know why, but there's something about the mean girl that I really love. Um, but yeah, that's a really big memorable moment for me because like to think that someone who I really enjoyed watching when I was younger now. I can talk to and chat to, even though it's not even about acting. I, I'd rather not do that, but um, is a quite a big moment for me, you know. Mm. And it makes me feel like an equal. I don't mm. know. With with the knowledge you have now, you know what I'm saying. What's what's something that you wish you you know now that you wish you knew back then? Oh my gosh. Um, you know something that just if you knew it, you would have avoided this long time ago, mm-hmm. or you would have went around this you know what i'm saying you just would attack certain things differently mm-hmm. yeah no i definitely would have start training right away like mm-hmm. to train right away like i didn't train because i had so many like like i was like i didn't have the funds for it i was like you know i'm not gonna spend money like i know i can do this i have the talent and talent can only get you so far you know mm-hmm. same thing with like basketball you know you, you train you get better because even though you have talent you know that you need that extra skill set to get it to the nba or wherever and so i was I wasn't training, I was watching YouTube videos and trying to self-help myself, but it was keeping me and restricting me from being where a lot of my other peers were at the time. Like I was, that time that I first was with my first agent, um, I went on like, in two years, I went on six auditions. Mm. Actors go on 10 auditions in a week. You know what I mean? Yeah, so in two years I got six. Now Mm. I'm with my other agent, I've gone on over 50 auditions in in a year, you know what I mean? So Mm. things like that, so. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is is E Town like a good starting spot when it not, <laughs> not at all. No, it's terrible here. Mm. There's nothing here. I did I did a movie here. I was an extra and it was I don't know it was called The Haunted. Honestly, it was terrible. We should have been paid. We weren't paid. We were overworked and mm. I was like what, thirteen? And I was like, I was like, my mom came with me and she was like, this is kind of weird. This is a little bit sus, you know, like, and you do a lot of things, especially when it's something you love. Mm. So she came with me. She's there. She's like, we'll give them food. We'll give these kids food and they won't I mean, get you paid. better. Yeah. I mean, we got food for those. Like it was over eight hours. Like, and mm. at that time, I know you're not allowed to the laws, the child labor laws. You're not allowed to do that. But, um, we were there. It was, it was cool. I guess I was excited that something was filming here. It never got picked up, but mm. I did the pilot with them and i was able to do a couple scenes and i was like wow but nothing else like that ever filmed in edmonton again so Mm. i was like nothing is here a lot of things do film in um calgary but most of the time when i'm getting doing auditions and it's all filming in vancouver or in toronto Mm. oh yeah they love t-dot so (laughs) Mm. i i heard of a saying in, in the whole like um filming industry is called hurry up and wait you know what I'm saying? Is that is that still a thing where hurry up they, and wait? Hurry up and wait. Where uh I think it was they tell you to come be on set at seven AM. You're there at seven AM. You don't get to do anything till like six PM. Yeah. Like it's, you're on set for hours and hours doing absolutely nothing. Wow. Um like even like they, they never want to look for you. It's better to always be in like one spot and stay there mm-hmm. and then be the person being like, Oh, I'm running late, I'm still driving, I'm in traffic or I'm almost there. It's better to just be there on time. There's so many like rules and sets that you need to like, you know, follow, you know, always be nice to your AD, which is your assistant director. That's the person who gets you, you know, your trailer or your dressing room. Um, 
essentially they could literally ruin your life and mm. <laughs> in the sense of like what you eat because they bring you your food they're the ones who you know make sure your trailer's warm they're the ones who give you a good trailer if it looks nice where you're laying your head most of the time you know a lot of people sleep on set mm. and um you know they you know read their sides for that day sides change every day i i do think it's better to be on time to be on set because when you're late it just it just turns everything off you know the director's looking for you um i was thinking of saying something but like i mean this is a, a rumor by the mm. way so um the riverdale cast right there is an mm. issue in regards to where you can find them you know when you have a set wrangler so they're paying for someone to like like a cow wrangler the person who brings in the cows they have a set wrangler for the actors because they can never find them mm. you know obviously you know there's been talks about the script being bad they don't like the script they don't like a lot of things about the show. It's been going on for so long. A lot of the storyline doesn't make sense anymore. Um, so they don't care, you know, but opportunities like that don't come around often. So for them mm. to be acting that way is kind of upsetting. But, you know, they have a set wrangler to find them, to bring them to set and be like, hey, like, we're looking for you. We're, we're looking. Where are you? Don't we have to do this scene? We have to market. We have to do that. And so being on set on time and being there and being ready to like, do your job because you know imagine like we work we work at minimum wage jobs we, we know what it's like if i'm not there they're gonna fire me like mm. you know it's, it's very simple but you know people you know they start to be like you know they they can't do this show without me you know like so but people are replaced all the time so being on time being ready being wait and you know to be the go girl i'm ready is better than being the person who they can't find mm. is it is it true with um certain players or not players certain um, characters that that they tell you to act like you have to wear a certain amount you have to obviously you have to look a certain way mm -hmm. but like i heard weight plays into that too um i don't remember what his name was someone who played one of the guys who played batman a while ago they they had to start like he was only allowed a peanut a day mm -hmm. and this guy lost like 80 pounds in a year and he played mm -hmm. some anorexic guy yeah. you know what i'm saying have you ever ran into where you have to change your physical appearance to play a certain part i've never ran into that like for a role but i do know that for the industry itself i've been told to make sure i'm fit make sure i look good um i know that there's also i don't know his name he just recently played the new joker i think his name is joaquin joaquin something yeah. um <laughs> and he had to lose a lot of weight for that role and he said that it took a toll on his mental health same thing with jennifer lawrence for the ballerina role uh, Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis, you know, they talk about how you put yourself, um, ca, oof, Harry, ca Henry Cavill, Cavill? I don't know. Superman. Yeah. Um, yeah, he also had to go through that too. Like, they made him fast. So he was, uh, so for three days right before filming the scenes where the muscles are like, you know, bulging out of his like, you know, body he said don't eat anything don't eat anything. and so for three days he was starving himself because it makes uh like your muscles tighten up around um like your skin and so it makes it look like you're super built and you're super fit um when really he's just you know starving and dehydrated um wow. and so a lot of that happens and i've never i've never feared like putting myself to those extremes but i feel like it's also super unhealthy like it's super scary to go to to do that you know having to lose weight or gain weight because it's so hard to gain like to lose weight but it's also so hard to like um gain weight and like in or lose weight mm. oh yeah no no i know what you mm -hmm. mean wow um kind of kind of back to the whole whole color thing like i just have a few more things i want to ask you mm -hmm. do you think white people fall like 
run into the same time type of discrimination as colored people would run into when it comes to um roles uh, like like let's say well obviously we haven't really seen much of this but do you think let's say okay usually white people are the businessman the smart one the Mm -hmm. superhero this and that you think um sometimes they would they would want to do oh instead of being the superhero i want to be the thug i want to be the tough guy i want to be this i want to be that do you think they run into the same type of things we run into I, I think they run into certain things to like an extent. I do mm-hmm. know a lot of them are typecasted. You know, the girl who will always be put as the dumb blonde or the girl who will always be put as the mean girl. You know, some of, some of that happens. And um, who was it who recently said uh, he was typecast to play in all these romance, like roman- romantic comedies. And so he quickly, he recently played in uh, Magic Mike, which I guess isn't too, too recent, but he was in Magic Mike. And he was like talking about how like, they literally put him in the place of he's the romantic comedy guy and he wasn't going to get anything else. He was like, of course, it was paying the bills. I had a house. I had everything I needed. But I didn't want to be the romantic comedy guy forever. You can mm-hmm. only be that person for so long till you're burnt out. And they're like, we don't want you anymore. We want someone younger, you know, yeah. and to put yourself in a place where you can get another role where you're not the person who they're just constantly being like, you're this, you're put in this box and that's the box you'll stay in. You know, we I talked about Rachel McAdams and she's never been put in that box. She's played a, a high school student. She's played a mother, a sister, a friend, a young girl, a college student. You know, she's constantly changed who she is um, because she wasn't typecast, you know? And I think, um, you know, white people also, you know, they face that. But I, I don't know if it's continuously hard, especially if you don't, Um, allow yourself to be stuck in that box Mm -hmm. i think what's harder to cast and i've noticed a lot is redheads the gingers Mm. and it's so sad because it's like they'll be cast in something of like oh we need her to look like this you know what i mean but they'll they'll never cast them in anything else and you'll see a girl who um i think it was in a that's a raven and this other show called uh my wife and kids there was this one redhead girl she was she played in both of them um, but they never cast her in anything else. They're like, oh, like we, and I think she spoke about it. Like she finally, she got TikTok. That's what everyone does now. And mm-hmm. she spoke about how like, you know, it's harder to find roles as, you know, someone who's a redhead. Um, I don't know. It's just not always casted. So, so in the white people world, it's like the redheads that have the most The problems. most struggle. Yeah. Mm, when I it comes to that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the last few things I want to ask you is, um, what drives you? You know what I'm saying? Well, like, what really keeps you going? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, the goal itself. Mm. Um, but also that none of this is wasted. You know, I put in so much work. And then to to stop at some point would would be, like, discredit to myself, but also discredit to, like, my family. Like, my mom has invested so much in me. Mm. And um, she's invested so much in this dream. And she's honestly, if I'm not crying, she's crying. You know what I mm. mean? And for me to give up suddenly would be like I, I i'd feel so terrible you know to do this to both her and i you know she's supported this dream and it's very hard for you know parents to support it because they're like this is such an unstable job but once you get it kicking it's kicking for a really long time mm. you know and so i know i have faith i trust in god um that it'll happen and when it does happen it'll continue keep to keep moving wow um so yeah that keeps me going okay the the very last thing i want to ask you is how, how how's the money looking how, is it is it something if you really wanted to you could move out live on your own you know what i'm saying yes 
it can be steady income for a certain like project projects are they vary and in terms of like what you can get like I look at um what a good example is like how to get how to get away with murder right Viola Davis was getting $240,000 per episode and that calculates to like 22.4 million right so things of course like that's for me I live alone I'm not I don't have anything that's that's a pretty good income right and then the royalties right because it's still on Netflix she's still Mm. making money every single day no way so I think that like getting that's why I always say I want to do something on Netflix or HBO or Mm -hmm. um primetime because I know I'll still keep making money if I'm not making money like Mm. the money will still come in the the royalties I'll continuously make when I'm not filming um and then like you can and if a show goes on for a really long time you can literally say hey i want to make more that's what the friends casted that's what the outer banks casted you know they were making 150 um per episode in season one uh and then season two came they were like let's make two hundred and fifty thousand instead like they were like let's up it and so they started doing that you know you know the friends cast one of them was making more or the boys were the men were making more at that time in the 90s it was you know it was a thing but then they were like you know hey like let's band together and say we all want the same paycheck mm-hmm. and they were able to be like hey like raise our paychecks or we, we'll, we'll leave and at that wow. time you, you don't want to lose these people everyone's loving them everyone's trying to have the so Jennifer Aniston carry yeah they agreed so it can be a very steady income with a good project and a good you know network that you're on mm. mm-hmm. okay well that's all I got to ask you you know what I'm saying is there anything you want to ask me before I wrap this all up um I don't know anything like, it's all good if there's nothing, you know? I mean, would you ever consider getting into acting yourself? Yo, it's it's crazy that you brought that. No, I'm not even going to lie. It's, cra- it's crazy that you actually brought that up. Come on, my bad. Let me wrap this. Um, with that, I, I've, I've been thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not not as far as you're into it, okay. but it's something that like um, I wouldn't mind doing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like... I feel like if you put me in the right environment, in the right space, yo, I, I'm, I, I could, I could probably put on a show. Yeah. But obviously, um, with the look that I have, you know, I was talking to my girl about this. With the look that I have, I'd probably be giving a thug, be giving a gangster type of stuff. And um, literally, just a few days ago, someone that I used to go to school with, he messaged me. Mm-hmm. Him and his friends are are doing like a little top boy like type of movie okay. and he, he dm'd me to come on okay. and of course i'm playing like the rival gang oh. leader type of thing i don't mind but it's something i'd really like love to look into mm-hmm. you know but the only thing with me is like i feel like since i've never done it and for me to just jump straight into it, it's either sink or swim yeah. type of thing yeah. but it's like i i really feel like i can do it and it's something i've been thinking about doing yeah i think that you could i i feel like um it's very different for us because, you know, even like jumping into something, a lot of white people do that. There's people who were casted off the street. They're like, oh, I've never acted a day in my life. And then they get put into a movie. Mm. I feel like it's this, like it could be the same way for us as well, you know. And I look at, you know, Dave Chappelle. I think that's a good example. But I feel like Ice Cube is a better example. Mm. He was casted as like thugs in everything, yep. you yep. know, and it happens constantly. And, you know, mm-hmm. it takes, you know, he, he'll talk about it. He'll be like, you know, like sometimes I have to like, you know, question like whether... You know, this is a role that I want to do or if this is just something that is like paying the bills at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. And Dave Chappelle, he spoke about, I don't like being the black guy on set who they're laughing at. You know, it's either you're laughing at my jokes or with me, but you're not laughing at me. Mm. And so I think that you could do it. I think acting. Hey. Yeah. No, I love that, when people get into it. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, yeah, like it's crazy because 
I was talking about it for like a month and a half, and then all of a sudden this DM came my way. You know what I'm saying? The the DM came my way, and I'm like, shit, I'm gonna give it a try. Mm-hmm. Like I'd really love to give it a try, and it's the one thing about me. I love stepping into something new, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I won't make myself look stupid. Yeah. If it's something I know I can't do, I won't even bother. Mm-hmm. You know, but this is something I've been thinking about, and it's like I really. I really want to be able to just yell at someone and pretend I'm hitting them, like add the sound effect yeah. just for sure. I, I just, man, I feel like, have you ever seen the movie Juice with like old Pac, like a 92 Juice? No. It, it was this, um, Pac, you know who Tupac is. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, um, he played, he was in a movie a while ago mm-hmm. uh, in 92. And to me, this guy was such a good actor. Like I, I literally hated him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, I, like I'm cussing at my TV. Mm-hmm. Yo, why are you doing that? Yo, he's over there. He's over there. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he had me. I want to be that type of actor where I make you talk to the TV. Yeah. Like where you actually pissed at me for whatever I do. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, I there was this one interview. This guy was talking, or he was talking about. He was saying um, after that whole juice thing came out, he had like people were approaching him like like literally pissed at him yeah. like yo why'd you kill why'd you kill this guy why'd you kill why you do and i kind of want that mm-hmm. you know i i don't know it's just something different i love doing different things i love stepping into new things yeah. so who knows yeah, who knows i think that'd be cool i think like even like tupac i don't think he had a lot of training himself like mm-hmm. same with beyonce right she got into movies as well mm-hmm. and i think when they step into it especially when you have like no like no like oh yeah i want it to be like this you just do it you read the script and you're like okay I feel like it's so much better when, like, you know, someone who's just, like, fresh into it and hasn't been, like, corrupted by all these, like, oh, my God, technique, technique, technique. They just do it and they get into it and it's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's what also Tupac did, you know, like, being, because I saw the one, I don't know if it's Poetic Justice with um, Janet Jackson. Yeah, that's Poetic Justice. So I was like, I was like, you know what? Okay. You know Mm. what I mean? So things like that are really cool. Yeah. And I, I, like, I don't know, like. It's something I've always thought, like, for some reason, I, I just want to yell at someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to scream at someone. Mm-hmm. I want to. And like you said, I, I'm kind of happy that I don't know all that little technique yeah. stuff. And I don't have to change my voice. Because mm-hmm. one, those, those actors that are from, like, the UK and they have to have an American accent for shows. Yeah. Like, um, DeShane and Top Boy. Yeah. Oh, there's this one British dude. Um, you seen American Gangster with Denzel Washington? Ah, uh, there's this. He's in the he's in the superhero movies. Um, Idris ma- Elba. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And this guy has American accent, damn near every. Yes. Crazy. I didn't crazy. know he was um British until like later. I saw him in uh The Wire, and I was like, Yo, oh. you seen The Wire? Yeah. No I was way. like, Oh my god, this guy's hood. I see him in an interview. I'm like, Who is this British speaking? <laughs> no way, you seen The Wire. You want to know what's crazy? Marlo. That's where I got the name from. Really? From The Wire. Oh, my god. No fucking way. Have you actually seen Wire or The Wire or you seen, like, YouTube? No, no. Like, um, and my uncle used to watch it. So no I'd, like, way. view it, like, in the back. I know I wasn't allowed to, but I, I'd, like, view it in the background. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah. yeah, like, those type of actors, to me, are, like, crazy good ones. Like, yes. how's it you sound like this? But as soon as they, they say action, you sound like that. I know. And, like... Like you sound like um DeShane from Top Boy was in Get Rich or Die Trying with Fifty Cent. Oh really? You know he he played Antoine. Okay. And this guy sounded like he was from New York. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, are you British or are you American? Yeah. And come to find out, this guy's actually from over there. Yeah. You know, it's just I don't know. Those are the type of actors to me that really that really get my mm-hmm. attention. Yeah, no, being able to like switch accents, I think is 
it's it's like so important so you don't get like put into like oh you're only british you're only that i think it's super cool like mm. even me like i'll botch a british accent i i will and um but like at the same time it's like okay i can do it you want to hear it <laughs> and okay give me a second um, give me a second no no give me a second um i was chatting to my friends and i was like i'd fancy i'd really fancy a shag right now i don't even know what i'm saying sorry <laughs> wait, wait. That's, that's actually good uh Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you wanna hear mine? Yeah. <laughs> Bruv, where's the food? <laughs> that's that's all I know. <laughs> all, all that other shit would just sound like my regular voice. Mm-hmm. Try I doing do that. that. Let me stop embarrassing myself. I can't do that shit. I I once watched um for this like theater audition I did, I once watched like a Outlander where like mm. they're Scottish and I did I don't even I don't know it now, so please don't this. But like um I watched that to do my Scottish accent for the audition. He was like, So how did you learn that? I was like, I watched a lot of T V. I watched this show for a good like four hours or whatever, just trying to pick out how they said like mom and things mm-hmm. like that. I feel like it's it's we learn like even like thinking of like people from back home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Nigerian. So like people will be like, Oh, I watched um Empire. That's how I learned English. I was like really? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Another another um method of acting I, I heard is um I heard Leonardo uh has done this where they follow uh what is it? So let's say you're playing a character, mm-hmm. right? Um you follow that character around in his real life for like three months, four mm-hmm. months, and you pick up his like his way of moving, his yeah. way of talking, the, like all that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? When Will Smith played Muhammad Ali yeah. in that movie, well, obviously he couldn't really follow Muhammad because he's yeah, but you he know, like really, but like he really watched them, especially the videos that he said he said there'd be days he'd watch the same video for like twelve hours. Listening to the way he speak, the Louisville accent, mm-hmm. the way he moves when he box, mm-hmm. and those are like. The type of things that I hear is like, wow, that's crazy. You do those type of things. I Okay, so when it comes to biography movies, mm. that makes sense. You must like practice and view how the person like acted to in order to like portray well, like Princess Diana, things like that, Marilyn Monroe. I think that that's beautiful to be able to be like, okay, I, I studied. I know how this person acts, talks, thinks, and I'm able to do that. But people mm. like Jared Leto, no offense, who method acts while he's on set and freaks out his other castmates and and people like in the crew is absolutely ridiculous mm. like he played joker so he was being rude he was being crazy he started doing like weird pranks and stuff in order to like get people to be like um to like get people to feel the way he wanted them to feel and i i, I truly believe that it's actually scary like even um so yes he played joker and um the man who passed away uh Heath Ledger, who played Joker, was also doing method acting. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's what like caused him to, you know, mental health is mental health. But I definitely do believe it took a, a big toll on his mental health. He took like he spent time away. People said he went away. Um, and like Heath Ledger, who you know, who basically took that time away. He went away for, I think, to like a place a farm or whatever and that's how mm-hmm. he prepared for the role and he studied and stuff like that so i think method acting is okay to like a degree but i do believe it's a sometimes bad shit mm, so. okay okay yeah. yeah when it comes i'm not gonna lie i, I learned i learned a decent amount from you because <laughs> what the the shit i knew about acting was you literally you you go in you you read a script you do what the script says in bracket like mm-hmm. oh joel has to 
act like he's falling and you you know what i'm saying just yeah. things like that and then they like it they if they like it they like it if they don't next yeah you know but obviously there's way more to it than just that yeah. you know but uh, i want to thank you for coming on thank you know what i'm saying like i said is there is there anything you want to ask or is no that, I, that's I, it? I had a great time thank yes, you so much yes now okay um let people know where they could find you you know what i'm saying like find me <laughs> the, the ig the ig oh, um you can find me on instagram at omotayadurajaye which is spelled o-m-o-t-a-y-o-d-u-r-o-j-a-i-y-e damn and my twitter which is omotayadurajaye which is also the same thing i just said okay yes okay. again thank you for coming on you know what i'm saying it's convo and marlo with omotayo and i'm out